Hi, this is Pastor Tom. I want to welcome you to week four of our look through the book of Luke. We're going through chapter 16 to 20 this week in our survey of Luke and Acts. We're going a chapter a week, and we're looking at this um, awesome story of the life of Jesus. Just this simple story, a birth we've already looked at, a beginning, a ministry, his ministry in Galilee, the northern part of Israel, and now we're on a journey, a journey toward Jerusalem, a journey towards the cross. And on this journey, as we've walked through, we've seen Jesus talking to his disciples and his followers about priorities of life. We've seen him talking to those who struggle with following him about the barriers in life. And these chapters, the focus of these chapters as we head toward the triumphal entry into Jerusalem is on stewardship. Stewardship is a word that means management, management of the things that God has given to us. Jesus is about to leave, and knowing that, He knows that these disciples will have much to manage in the new church that's going to begin. And he talks to them about things. Jesus knows that those who follow him cannot be entrapped by things. We can't live for possessions if we're living for him. He's going to tell us in these chapters that they're mutually exclusive. But he also knows that his followers can't be afraid of things. We can't run away from possessions as if they're not in the world or as if they're somehow evil in and of themselves. The possessions aren't evil. It's what we do with them. In fact, Jesus teaches us instead that we have to be a steward of things. We have to use possessions. And so that's why in these chapters about possessions on his journey towards Jerusalem, Jesus starts with a surprising story to get his disciples' attention, to get our attention. It's a story about a manager who was going to lose his job. And because he was going to lose his job, well, let's pick up in the middle of the story. Here's what he does beginning in verse 4 of this chapter. The manager says, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each of his master's debtors. And he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Skipping down to verse 8, when the master found out this had happened, the master commended the dishonest manager because he'd acted shrewdly. For, Jesus said, the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, Jesus isn't saying here that you use worldly wealth in order to get saved. He's saying, You use worldly wealth to invest in people so that when you get to heaven, they can say, thanks for investing in me. Thanks for investing in eternity. This is a parable, by the way, of what some people call negative comparison. Jesus is not telling us to act like this dishonest manager. He's saying that if a dishonest manager is smart enough to use things to his advantage, we as believers, as followers of Jesus, we should be wise enough to use things, to use possessions for God's good. As we go through these chapters, then Jesus in this chapter, chapter 16, gives us some principles of stewardship, of how you and I are to manage the things that he has given. A couple of very powerful principles. Let me just read them straight from the words of Jesus. The first is beginning in verse 10. Here's Jesus' principle. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Jesus goes on to say in verse 11, So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with somebody else's property, who will give you property of your own? Powerful principle about possessions. 
Jesus says possessions, far from being meaningless, Jesus says you can see from how someone handles possessions how they're going to handle more important things in their lives, things like relationships and even their character. If you handle possessions selfishly, you're going to handle relationships selfishly. And Jesus says if you can't be trusted with possessions, how could you be trusted with more? In a world where people were acting like possessions are meaningless or it doesn't matter how I treat them, Jesus is saying, no, they're, they're at the bottom rung of the ladder. If you can't get that one right, how are you going to get the rest right? That's how important how we manage things. And that's why God has given us things to manage so that we get to grow in our faith. It's one of the great ways we grow in faith. Jesus trusts us with things so that we can entrust them to him. And there's a second powerful principle of possessions in this chapter, and it begins in verse 13. Jesus says this, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's about as clear as you could get. Jesus says you can't do it. You cannot serve both God and money. You're going to end up serving one or the other. And if you try to serve both God and money, you're going to end up serving money. Why? Because it's the lesser value. And in many ways, lesser values, we tend to slide into them more easily because they don't take quite as much energy. They don't take quite as much heart. They don't take quite as much character. It's what everybody else is doing. And so you just slide into the lesser value of living your life for tasks or living your life for money. Jesus says, don't try to do it. I'm telling you, the principle is this. You cannot serve two masters. So you decide. My leader, my master, the manager of my life is going to be Jesus Christ. And based on that, I'm going to follow him and how I manage my things. And whatever he says about things, that's what I'm going to do. Jesus says we should tithe. He commended the habit of tithing, talking to the Pharisees once. He said, yes, you should tithe. You should give 10% of whatever God's given you back to his ministries, to his church. Jesus said it. I may not feel like doing it. I may not understand it, but he's the master of my life. He's the one who leads my life. All right, Lord, I'll do it. Jesus says to give to the poor. And I may have questions about that. I may wonder about that and what that means and how to do that. But beside the practicality of it, Jesus says to do it. So I should do it because he's the leader and guide of my life. Now, if you struggle with this, you're a normal human being because we all struggle with how we manage our money. It's so close to us. It's so close to our hearts. Jesus gets into an argument right away with the Pharisees about these principles about money. In verse 14 and 15, here's what happened. The Pharisees, who loved money, heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. That's very powerful stuff. They were sneering at Jesus. They were sneering at this truth, but Jesus says it really reveals your heart. You want the things for yourself. You feel like the more things you have, the more important you look. You're measuring with the wrong measure. What's highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. God doesn't measure by the amount of things that we have. We can use them in good ways, but we should never use them as a measure in our lives. In fact, Jesus is so pointed about this, he ends this chapter with a long story about the rich man and Lazarus, a man who was rich and a man who was poor, and how one thought his riches would buy his way into the kingdom of God, would buy his way into God's good graces, or would at least at the end buy his way into a drink of water or into telling his friends. This story about the 
poor man, Lazarus, who is taken into the kingdom of God, at the end it's pointed very strongly at the Pharisees. Jesus says at the end of this story, he said to them, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Jesus is telling them the future here. They wouldn't listen to the prophets and what they had to say about Jesus. So when Jesus is resurrected, in a few chapters, they're not going to listen then either. Now let's go back before we close to you and I. These leaders, these religious leaders, because they loved money so much, they were justifying themselves. The question is, where am I justifying myself? The question in this chapter is, am I being trustworthy with what God has given? Or am I acting like it's just all for me somehow? The question in this chapter is, have I allowed myself to begin serving money? It's easy to slip into. Have I allowed myself to begin serving money either because of my debt or because of my desire for more? That's what's leading the way. If so, you feel like justifying yourself right now. That's what the Pharisees did. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Look at it from God's perspective. I want to show you a different way to live. Let's take a minute to pray together. Lord, help us to see our things from your perspective. We need that because we're so surrounded by things. It's so easy to get caught up in things, to think that they're overly important. Help us to see that you have given things not to be afraid of, but not to be overly impressed by them. But instead, Lord, to use, to use for your glory, whether it's feeding our family or feeding the poor, whether it's meeting a need in our own household or it's meeting a need in a way that's going to advance the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see that the things you put into our hands are put there as a, as a trust from you. And as we look at it that way, help us to begin to see things in a whole new way. Not, not Lord, as something to um, measure ourselves by, our importance. Not, Lord, as something to be afraid of as if it could spoil our spirituality. But instead, to see those things as a way to glorify you. Help us to use things for your glory. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow, Jesus is going to talk to us about faith as small as a mustard seed. 